gracious, merciful God who loved us enough to wrap yourself in flesh, to die a horrible death on the cross, to defeat death and to rise again just so that we might know you. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, let it be all of you and none of me. I must decrease so you can increase to be your vessel, preach your word to us, your people. Speak now. Your servants, our listening is our prayer. Amen. Praise God for his word, which was read earlier today, a familiar scripture. So familiar that we, we have memorized it. But oftentimes in memorizing, we might have forgotten how powerful it is. We read this morning, coming from the gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. As we continue on in verse five, probably didn't sound very familiar to everybody. But once he got down to verse nine, it said, our father in heaven, people started reciting what they knew. We then had our time of intercessory prayer and altar call, and we were going to the chant of let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Teach me how to pray. And then we chanted again, uh, our Father. And I bet many of you who may not have known that chant were able to say it because you knew the words of our Father. My highlight on this, this week's and weeks to come is to deal with the Lord's Prayer or yet the model prayer. And the goal is that as you recite this prayer and as you know this prayer, that it will become more than something you have memorized, but something you can walk out, you can live out, you can pray out. Dealing with this first portion of our Father who art in heaven. Or the New Living Translation puts it this way, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. I don't know about you, but many times we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we don't know King James language very well, so we don't know what hallowed be thy name means. We just like how it sounds. But I want to highlight for you, just write this down if you miss anything else. This is the first request in the prayer. This is the first request in the prayer, that God's name will be made holy. But before I get there, I want to read again verses 5 through 9 of this sixth chapter. It says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I'll tell you the truth, that that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating the words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept 
holy. Praise God for his word. Thank you for those who stand in reading and honor of God's word. You may be seated, but as you take your seat, tell your neighbor, our Father. May his name be holy. Looking at this topic about our Father, may his name be holy. I want to point out here that in this text it says that our Father is where? He is in heaven. And our Father who is in heaven, does he know what you need? Yes, he does. I, I want to highlight this as our children are getting ready to go to school, leave from the the ever-watching eye of mommy and daddy might have been watching them at home, driving them back and forth, or maybe as they may be going off to college out of the easy and touch to be able to touch and grab them. I want you to tell your neighbor that your father still sees you. <laughs> How can the father still see me because he's in heaven? <laughs> and since he's in heaven, that means he's all around. Have you gone anywhere you looked up, you did not see the sky? Because everywhere you go, the skies are there. How about this? As a child, have you not looked out the window and say, the moon's following me or the sun's following me? <laughs> because everywhere you look, you see, right? Uh, they're up in the sky because the sun's home is in the heavens. But yet, yet Cassius, Cassius, God made that. And so if God is in the heaven, he's all around. So you are never, tell your neighbor, you are never out of touch from the Father. This should comfort us. This should comfort us in knowing that since our Father is always around us and he knows what I need, uh, then all I need to do, y'all catch that? All I need to do is talk to him. Have you had a conversation with your daddy lately? Oftentimes, the majority of our prayers, our prayers are involved in us asking God to do something for us. And what I like about this, what I like about this, Jesus says, don't let that be changed. He says, he already knows what you need, so just go to him and tell him what you need. Y'all cast, I said, needs, not wants, though. Because if it's on your wants basis, you might be like uh, James wrote in the fourth chapter. You might be angry, upset, and fighting because you ask and don't get and the reason why you mad and upset and fine because you ask amiss. He goes on to say you ask for things that are not of the Father's will, but what you want for your own lustful passions. And that's why you're not getting it. Can I help somebody out? You want those new shoes. You wanted that new dress. You wanted that new car. You wanted that new job. You didn't get it. Now you're mad at everybody. But yet, but yet, but yet you need to look into the process that says, Lord, I want I not that, that that I need to stop asking what I want, but Lord, give me what I need. We live in a time now that we we, we outgrown spam and baloney. So I got more money than now. I don't need to give me spam anymore. I don't need to get some sardines and some crackers and tuna. I go give me a, a lobster if I want. That's nice. That's great. But when times get tight. You're going to find that you'd rather get what you need than get what you want. Because you, you, you know how when you have not been starving, you act like you're starving. No, nah, no, nah, I don't want that. I want this. Well, you ain't hungry enough. When you're hungry enough, a hot dog tastes like a steak dinner.
I don't mean to go here, but let me throw this one in for free. I, I was at college, and, and, and this, she was a vegetarian. I ran out of food. She had a harvest doll. I'm like, what's a harvest doll? It's all the, I said, I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> I was desperate. I said, I, I'll take whatever you got. I ate that harvest doll. I thought harvest dogs were the best they ever had. When you are truly, truly desperate and want something that you need, it's amazing how it will satisfy you. But when you want things that you do not need, they never satisfy you because you want something else that comes out. But look what Jesus is showing us in our prayer life, that we should not be like the hypocrites and the heathens. Looking at this model prayer shows us that our God who knows our desires and knows what he desires for us, he wants us to communicate to him so he can communicate to us. Prayer for Christians is more than just communication, conversation, and talking to God, but it is an intimate conversation connecting us to a loving Father. This should help us in our journey and our life to know that our Father who is in heaven, who is all around us and near us and wants us to draw nigh unto him as he will draw nigh unto us, is showing us through Jesus how we can have a proper relationship and connection to him. Three actions I want to highlight that Jesus suggests to us in this text that one, we want to have a proper position Two, have a proper relationship. And three, a proper perspective. Looking at the proper position, many of us need to find ourselves in a prayer life in a position of humility. Prayer is not a sense of demanding a God to do something, to manipulate him, to do something for us, to make us feel better. If you look closely here, he tells us, do not be like the hypocrites. You know, a hypocrite is an actor. An actor. They act like they know what they're doing. They put on a mask, or they'll put makeup on, they'll dress up like another character, but they know there's somebody else when they go home. He says the hypocrites stand in the street corners. To us, what do you mean by the street corner? mean that they go to the mall and will stand up and pray out loud so everybody can see, oh, that must be a religious person. Or they'll stand up in the synagogue and say, I shout yell louder than you. I can pray louder. I can use bigger words than you. Oh, this person must be really in deep in God. He says, I'm not pleased with that. I'm not pleased with that. Look, he says their motive is to be rewarded openly. He says they got their reward. The reward is empty. Well, how is it empty? All they got was people recognizing them for being out proud and loud. Talking loud, but saying nothing. He says, but when you pray, go by yourself and shut the door. He's saying that I'm not interested necessarily how you can publicly display words and, and, and try to honor me in your prayers, but I'm really, I'm really interested in your private devotion. Let me help you out, children. God is looking at you. Not only does he look at you publicly, yes, you can fool the public, but he says, I see you where nobody else sees you. Yeah, you tell the mom and dad, I'm going to be good when I go to school, but we already know your intentions. I told my mom and dad, I'm going to be good, but I already knew my intentions. I plan on being as bad as I wanted to be. Because I knew what mom and daddy would tell me not to do, but I knew what I could do because they couldn't reach me when I was in Hampton. I said, shoot, they got to drive 12 hours to come and catch up me out here. I could do what I want. 
But yet as I got into it, I realized that, Lord, I did not want to be a hypocrite. I wanted to be sincere. So my proper position put, put me in a place of humility. Not only did my proper position put me in a place of humility, but my proper position also placed my heart in openness before him. and said, Lord, here I am. Do with me what you desire. And when I did that, check this, check this, what happens to us when we open ourselves and surrender ourselves to God, we're no longer trying to say what's cool. We're no longer trying to dress what we think is cool. But Lord, we're saying, will this honor you? Am I honoring you by how I dress, by how I speak, how I treat one another. Even though my teacher get on my last nerve, I'm going to honor my teacher. Even the, the student next to me is getting on my last nerve, I'm going to honor them. Even if the student next to me smells and they need some B.O. there, I'm not going to be the one to knock them down. But I'm going to lift them up and see how I can help them. Am I talking to somebody? You see, we, we, we are able to act one way, but when we come to the church, we want to act another way. Hello, somebody. But can I help you out that these bricks don't save you? You can come in here and act like you've been holding that all week, but everybody knows you brought the marriage, you've been in detention, you've been kicked out the class, but you're going to come in and act like you've been good all week. Tell you never, God sees you. Because he is everywhere. And so since God sees us, we should realize that, Lord, I need to honor you in a proper position of privacy and humility as well publicly. Then also this shows a position of dependence. He says, do not be like the heathens that babble and babble on. They babble on, they ramble on because they think they got to say a magic word. Abracadabra, all right, that did it. God's going to do something for me now. I said the magic word, Brother Joe. I said it, so he's going to do it for me now. Tell you never, magic words won't do it. Just saying big words, saying them over and over again, is not going to manipulate and move God to move on your behalf. He says, he says, don't be like them. Them, he's talking about those who do not know him. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to impress God. And the reason why you don't have to impress God, he already knows who you are. I, think about when I go home, when I go home, I don't got to dress up to go home. I'm home. When I go home, I, I don't have to put on a fake face and try to act like everything's all right. I'm home. And so... Think about it, think about it, think about it. God says you're home when you're with me. You don't got to act like, just tell me what's going on. I, I know you told everybody else, it's like the joker, I'm smiling on the outside, but I'm crying on the inside. Yeah, you got everybody else for you smiling on the outside, but I know you're hurting on the inside. Just come and tell me, say, Lord, I'm hurting. That's all he needs to hear. We don't have to say reputation words or try to act like this is going to get something going. We're trying to manipulate God. Some of us treat God like he's a genie. I give him my wish, he's going to grant it. And we don't want to abuse it. Say, no, no, I'm, I'm holding out for this one. But God already knows your need. He already knows your need. And Cassius, Cassius, he's ready to provide for you. How do I know he's ready to provide for us because he's our father? 
And as a father, his, his, pers- his position, his responsibility is to be our provider and our protector. And so if I know he is my father, my protector, then my position of dependence means I rely on him more than I rely on me. So I don't rely on I have to say the right thing, do the right thing for something to work out in my favor. No, I just trust my God who is right to do what is right. And so when I get in the proper position, I position my heart, I position my body, I position my mind. Then I start recognizing the relationship I have with him. Our proper relationship with God shows us the intimate connection I have when it says what? We say our what? Father. Think about who you call father. Who do you call father? Those you have a relationship with. You don't just walk up to a stranger and call him father when you don't know who they are. Reminds me of that little Dr. Seuss book, that little bird walking around. Are you my mother? Didn't know they had no clue who the mother was, but you say, you don't look like me, so you might not be my mother. They did the bird crazy, and the bird kept on walking. Because the bird was looking for somebody to connect and to relate to them. Cassius, Cassius, Cassius. God made us in his own image. Genesis 1.20 says, let us make man after our own image. Many times in our lives, we are looking to connect people that are like us, that look like us, dress like us, talk like us, speak like us. But many times when we get close to them, we find out we're far from them. But God made us. God made us with, in, with the purpose of connecting with us. He made us for his glory. He made us to connect with him. So cast this, cast this. Since our God is everywhere and I put myself in a position of humility, in a position of dependence, then I realize that all I got to do is sit back and let God be God. Isn't it easier? Isn't it easier when you let things do what they're supposed to do? Think about it. When everything works, you don't complain. Am I right about it? You get online, it gets online, it works, it loads everything, you don't complain. But when it's not working, why I got to move slow today, right? Why the power got to go out today, right? Why my battery about to die on me now? Just when I need to make a phone call, my battery about to die. Like We complain when stuff does not work the way it's supposed to. Can I help somebody out? God is never going to fail you. He will always work the way he is supposed to. So all you have to do is let God be God. And so when we let God be God, all we got to do is just say, Lord, I I am your child. I am your child, and I'm going to let you have your way. When I do that, it shows us that I am connected to my creator who has created me. He is the potter. I am the clay. And since he knows everything that I need and everything I want, all I got to do is go to him and intimately share with him again. I want to highlight this, this prayer that Jesus was teaching them and saying this. This is not necessarily meant for public display, but for private communication. Do you not see he says that you ought to go to your door? I mean, go to your closet and close the door. Go to a private place. Go to a secret place. He's pointing out that more than just praying this openly, I want you to understand this model how I want you to go in deeper with our God, our Father. How else can you relate to God, our Father? You can say our Father. You can say my shepherd. We can say my Lord. We can say my Redeemer. When we connect to who we are praying to and the relation we have with him, it changes the perspective. He's my shepherd. He's my all in all. He's my provider. He's my peace. 
It changes the perspective. You see that? And once you change the perspective of who you're directing, you'll put yourself in a position of depending on his character and who he is. It makes you want to see him be glorified. That's the proper perspective. May your name be holy. You see that? The desire for us is that God be honored. And by God being honored means this, that I desire to honor him with my life. I desire to honor him with my life. That I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not as those who do not believe. No, I'm his child and therefore I want to honor his name in my life. My father reminded me when I was a child, he said, Sam, when you get in trouble, it's not your name that's going to be in the paper. It's my name. And, and it took me a while to realize that until I became a grown man, started to realize, yeah, when they put down Duran, that's the name he gave me. That's his name. It's not my name. That's his name. And so, therefore, it's him that's going to bear the shame, the guilt of when everybody come out. Is that your? Yeah, that's my son. And so my dad's desire was not to be ashamed of his son, but to be proud of his son. So he tried to encourage me, just do what I ask you to do. But that's just my earthly father. How much more our heavenly father desires for us to do what gives him glory and gives him honor. Because has God ever failed us? No. Will God ever let us down? No, because our God is faithful. Our mothers and our fathers have the potential of letting us down, but the Lord will take us up. Look at the Psalm 27. We realize that our God sees us exactly where we are. How can you see us, God? Because I'm everywhere. And since I am everywhere, yes, you may be small as grasshoppers to me, but I know exactly what you need. And since I know exactly what you need, I'm able to provide for you. And since I'm able to provide for you, all you have to do is ask. Tell your neighbor, just ask. And once you ask God, it's amazing how he says, I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing you won't have room for. Heaven is the abode of his throne, his throne, and the earth is his footstool. God reigns in heaven. Job says heaven has some, has some structures, and, and these rafters shook because they understood heaven as a place of a dwelling place, that they had windows. And so check this, check this, check this out, that God in his house can still hear you crying outside. I don't know about you, but when, when I was playing, my mom had a voice that I could hear no matter where I was in the neighborhood. And I was trained, I was trained to hear my name, to come to that house as soon as possible. And my mom was a Cubs fan, and so she, be, she was watching the Cubs game, and the Cubs going to be on afternoon before they had a night game. It'd be afternoon, 12 o'clock. You know, I had my lunch, I'm outside playing. And I hear, and I hear Sam. And I come running home. Mom, what do you want? Oh, boy, I ain't one. I had a, it was a grand slam home run. You know, <laughs> I was like, okay, Mom. But she was in the house, but I was tentative because my mother was in the house. I wanted to hear what my mother had to say. If she says, I want to come and find out what it can I help somebody out. That our God is up there in heaven. And yes, he sees where you are, but he's got something to say. Are you ready to listen? And will you come run and say, Lord, what you got? What you got? I need it. I need it. I need it. Because if you know he's everywhere and always watching, then you know that he's always concerned about your needs. And so when he says your name, you need to run. So, Lord, here I am. Why am I here? Because I'm an apostle of humility. 
I have a proper perspective. I want to honor the holy and holy, holy, lift up your holy name. And yes, I learn how to properly depend on you. We need to grasp this as we're walking out our lives, that people will come and go. And as they come and go, they'll tell you what's cool. They'll tell you what's fashionable. They'll tell you what you need to wear. But yet, as we all know, fashions change. Friends change. Times change. Seasons change. The school year will change. Subjects will change. Your teachers will change. But God will never change. So that's why the priority, young people, is to not to look how you can honor folks who are around you who don't care anything about you. Your aim should not be how can I look good publicly for them, but privately I'm a mess. But your goal is to say, Lord, privately and publicly am I honoring you because you see me wherever I am. My mom and dad may not see me, but you see me. My friends see me, but when they see me, do they see you? Or do they see me acting a fool and they're laughing at me, not laughing with me? You know, don't get it confused, young people. You think you the you the you the you the you the star? They laughing with you. They laughing at you. They talk about you when they go home. But yet, if we look at the aspect that Jesus is teaching us, Jesus desires for us to have an intimate relationship with our God. And an intimate relationship means to be open, honest, and real, not publicly fake and phony. And realizing that our Father, who is everywhere, who is in heaven, may his name be holy. May I live a life privately and publicly that honors you. My challenge is for you next time you say the Lord's Prayer to break down that first sentence of Lord. How am I living a life that's honoring you so that your name be glorified, your name be honored, and that I truly acknowledge you as my Father? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we thank you, God, that you have shown us to be your, uh, our Father and we are your children through our, conf- our confession and profession of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and rose again. And Lord, that they will believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. And Lord, that your word reminds us that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Lord, when they do that, Lord, they have received the spirit of adoption. They can call you Father. So Father, Lord, have your way here in this place. Still up ahead, but our eyes closed. Someone here, you do not know Jesus Christ, your Lord, and say, we welcome you here in this place. Just raise your hand if you do not know him. I want to lead you in this prayer. If you're to die today, you're 100% sure you'll be in eternity in heaven. If you're not sure, just raise your hand. God bless you. I see you. I see you. I see you. You may put your hand down. Jesus says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. To whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So if that's you, if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, you shall not perish, but you have everlasting life, which means you'll forever be in eternity with him in glory and in heaven. If you believe that and you have not confessed that, I want to lead you in this prayer. Just repeat after me. God sees you. He knows you. He knows your heart. Just repeat after me. Don't say it unless you feel like you have to. I'm not trying to force you, but I just want to lead you. 
And you just simply say, dear Lord Jesus, I do believe you are the son of God who died on the cross for my sins. And I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. May we stand as in the hand of the disciples here. Please.